Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tonight, the Election Integrity Town Hall is happening right now in Fulton County, Georgia, and we will monitor that for you during the show. And an Olympic athlete turned her back on the American flag and dissed the national anthem. What should be done with this ungrateful Olympian who is supposed to be representing the USA? I will ask former NFL player Jack Brewer what he thinks about this. And no surprise, but President Trump still has his mojo. He spoke to a packed house in Ohio this weekend and has his eyes on the last election just as much as he has his eyes on the next election. We will play you the best parts of that speech. And you will not believe the latest spin by the Biden administration on defunding the police. Now they are saying it's Republicans who are defunding the police, not them. Well, that's a joke. We'll play the video for you. And a Filipino-American family was robbed at gunpoint by an illegal immigrant who's been committing crimes in the sanctuary city of San Francisco for years. Angel mom Marianne Mendoza knows illegal immigrant crime all too well after her own son, you'll remember, was killed by someone in the country illegally. She is here with us tonight. All of that and more tonight here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Hello, I'm Dr. Gina and welcome to Primetime. As I mentioned in the open, we will be dipping into the Election Integrity Town Hall that is taking place right now in Fulton County, Georgia, and that's where one of the many battles is happening on the front lines to find out what exactly did happen in the 2020 election and to make sure that those shenanigans never happen again. But we start with a story from the Washington, County, Washington Times today about an illegal immigrant in San Francisco who robbed a Filipino-American family at gunpoint and spat on them as he mocked them for being Asian. This included small children that this criminal was mugging at gunpoint. Carlos Claros is the attacker, and he is now behind bars, but he's been arrested many times before. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement asked police in San Francisco several times during the Trump administration to hold on to this criminal illegal alien and hand him over to ICE so he could be deported. But since San Francisco is a so-called sanctuary city, local police will not cooperate with the feds, and they just keep letting him go back out onto the streets after each arrest. This illegal immigrant criminal was even out on probation when he did this, and we are lucky this family of legal immigrants from the Philippines weren't gunned down like Kate Steinle. You remember her. She was the young woman shot and killed by an illegal immigrant. This happened on the same waterfront in San Francisco. And the leftist city government in San Francisco continues to let criminals walk right there, just free. Extensive criminal history, including drugs and stolen car possession last year, and involvement in strong-armed robbery spree in late 2019 spanned multiple neighborhoods. Claros's criminal history reported 
by Dion Lim, an anchor at ABC7 in San Francisco, includes multiple burglary arrests, domestic violence charges, receiving stolen property, drug possession, and a strong armed robbery spree that spanned several San Francisco neighborhoods in 2019. But he was out on probation when he held this Filipino family at gunpoint. So is it safe to assume that Carlos Claros, the illegal immigrant criminal, will be set free once again to continue his crime spree across the sanctuary city of San Francisco. It's no wonder that people are leaving that state in droves. But the leftist utopia is to make the entire country wants to, like San Francisco. They want to keep our borders open forever to let illegals like Carlos Claros, who mugged that Filipino family, into our country. They want every city in America to look just like it, to be a so-called sanctuary city where criminals are safe from being turned over to immigration enforcement. Democrats don't care one bit about the safety of you or your family. They care about their power and they love reversing every single border policy that President Trump enacted that kept you safe. Then they will blame the gun every time an illegal immigrant shoots and kills someone like Kate Steinle. And they'll blame the gun every time that a family is held at gunpoint and robbed. The left loves bringing in illegal immigrants by the millions in order to reshape the United States into a more perfect socialist union made up of poor migrants from second and third world countries who will be forever dependent on the government. That's their dream. And if a few families get robbed, a few women like Kate Steinle get shot, some people get raped along the way, oh well, collateral damage. That's what happens when you're creating a socialist utopia. Coming up, angel mom Marianne Mendoza lost her son to an illegal immigrant who was drunk and high on meth when he killed Sergeant Brandon Mendoza. And she is outraged over this story. Marianne Mendoza is with us next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stay with us. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, in the last segment, we told you the story of the Filipino-American family robbed at gunpoint by an illegal immigrant in San Francisco just steps away from where Kate Stanley was shot and killed by an illegal immigrant. I can imagine what a nightmare this is for that family, but it's also a nightmare to our next guest. Angel mom, Marianne Mendoza, lost her son, Brandon, to an illegal immigrant, and she has made it her life's work to stop the flow of criminals across the border. She worked hard with President Trump to reform things so that this never happened to a family again, and they were well on their way, she and President Trump and those they worked with, to strengthening our borders and our policies surrounding them so that this wouldn't ever happen to another family. Marianne Mendoza joins us now. Thank you so much for being here, Marianne. Thank you, Gina. I appreciate it. Marianne, you don't want to believe that the left wants this kind of thing to happen, but it's really hard to understand how it is they keep letting it happen, complicit in this again and again. The left seems to love turning sanctuary cities, uh, turning cities into sanctuary cities where illegals know they are safe from deportation. And this Filipino family went on vacation to San Francisco. They got to see firsthand what a sanctuary city looks like. But the left clearly doesn't 
seem to care because they're not doing anything, anything uh, to even keep in place the safeguards that President Trump has. And yet they seem to continue to foster this whole sanctuary idea, which only attracts criminals and ends up with dead families like uh, like your son and like Kate Steinle and like uh, this terrible accident that happened over the weekend. Well, and Gina, it's not only sanctuary cities and counties that we have to worry about in states now. This is a sanctuary country. This is what the Biden administration has accomplished. This is what they wanted. They will ignore illegal crime. They do not want this brought to the forefront. This is why the Democrats and the liberals will never acknowledge angel families because they don't want Americans to know about the level and the magnitude of crimes that these illegals commit in our country. There is no vetting going on whatsoever at our, at our borders. And, you know, I was watching all the hearings a few weeks ago with the Dreamers and how they are pushing, you know, 640,000 Dreamers were involved in the, in the DACA program. And yet that bill would actually provide amnesty and a path to citizenship for 4.4 million, along with the chain migration from those uh, family members. And vetting is not done. 33% of the DACA participants have committed crimes in our country. So the liberals continually turn a blind eye. And, and you know what? It was a breath of fresh air having President Trump at the helm of our country because he was the first politician to stand up and talk about this, about what a real problem this was in our country. Yeah, and you know, this really wasn't Republican or Democrat. You're right, he was the first president. They all talked about it, especially Republicans talked a lot about it. But uh, he made the rest of them look bad because he's the one that really fought for it. Um, at a rally in Ohio over the weekend, President Trump spoke again uh, about this, and he spoke specifically about Kamala's trip to the border. Check it out. Kamala Harris, your vice president, only went to the border yesterday for the one simple reason, because I announced that I was going next week, and I am, at the request of Texas Governor Abbott and the Border Patrol. I'm going to the border next week. Oh, if I didn't do that, I don't know if she was ever going to go. I really don't know if it was she ever going to go. I don't know. We all know that if he hadn't been going to the border this week, Kamala was not going to go to the border. We know that, although she didn't even actually go to the border. She went to a station 30 miles plus away from the border. Do you think she plans to fix anything at the border? Have you heard anything good come out of this administration? No. And back when she was a senator, I went to her office because she had a big sign outside of her office saying dreamers welcome. And we went in to talk to the staff to show them pictures of our children saying these are our American dreamer children who have been, um, you know, their dreams taken away from them at the hands of the illegals, the very illegals who you have signs outside of your office protecting. And they basically force us out of the office. But, wow. you know, there, there's a lot of politicians, Gina, and Tom Tillis brought forward a bill um, before the um, State of the Union address in 2020. It was back in the fall of 2019. I went and testified allowing American citizens to bring lawsuits against the um, politi politics who are making sanctuary cities a possibility and that those laws would protect an illegal who ultimately would go on and kill an American citizen. I'm disappointed in Senator Tom Phillips because he has not moved forward with this bill. It is still sitting in committee. And I have called his office many, many times. And I just felt like I was used to testify at this hearing for Tom Tillis to get President Trump's endorsement 
when he was uh, for the 2020 elections. And that's disappointing to me that there's so many Republicans who talk about this, just like you said, but don't do anything about it. And we need more positive, progressive Republicans who are going to get into office and who are going to make the changes that we need to protect American citizens. Americans should be coming first and foremost in their mind. They're not elected to represent any other person coming into our country. And they are represented to protect us. Their oath says protect us and represent us. And so many of them are failing to do that. And I'm, I'm very disappointed. Yeah, you know, if you had a mother who wasn't taking care of her own children, was neglecting them, and was giving a lot of money to charity, you would still arrest the mother for not taking care of her own children. You would condemn her. You would think she was not a good person. It doesn't matter how much money you give to charity, how much help you give outside of your family. If you're not helping your own family, you're not a good person. You know, the, the very visual, Marianne, honestly, I, I've always been mad about what's happened to your son, but the very visual, I'm having trouble not using profanities here, to be honest with you, of, of Kamala having a welcome dreamer sign outside of her office. I've never heard you tell that story. And then telling you to get out of her office when your son's dreams didn't get to come true because of her policies. But for her to not even take the time, my husband's a former state senator and he let everyone in his office regardless of whether he agreed with them or not. And anyone who ever approached him would tell you that. And I can't even tell you the parades of some real real interesting folks that he, he let in there. I was like, can we sanitize? Because I have my children in here. But it, I mean, you know, anyone could come in his office, open door policy. How dare she? There is a special place in hell for you, Kamala Harris, that you would shove out the mother of a, a, a murdered child at the hands of your so-called dreamers, Kamala, and not even listen to her, not even listen to her. Ooh, that's about the maddest I think I've ever gotten on this show. Senator Menendez from New Jersey, he's really pushing the amnesty situation, and he's trying to get this in the infrastructure deal. And I want your viewers to know, he is he is approaching any sponsor of any bill that may have a chance of passing and going to the floor for a vote. He's pushing his amnesty deal to sneak it in the back door of one of these bills. And we have to keep track of these people. He also had a dreamer's welcome sign outside of his office. And I went there to approach them to talk to, and his staff came out and I said, you know, my son was an American law enforcement officer and his dreams were stolen because an illegal killed him. And they said, illegals don't kill Americans. This was, this was one of his staffers. And I'm, I'm shocked wow. at how American citizens are treated by liberals when we are bringing up the topic of illegal immigration and the fact that our children were killed. Many, there, there's tens of thousands of Americans that have been killed by illegal since 9-11. It's astronomical numbers. It's something that nobody wants to talk about. And thank you for, for allowing me to come on here and talk about my son. And, and I represent, you know, hundreds of thousands of angel parents. Anytime I'm on speaking, I'm representing them too and their loved ones. Yeah, no, no I know you are. And sadly, many future angel parents as well. All right, Trump spoke about the children at the rally also. Um, who are flooding across the border. Americans, unfortunately, aren't the only innocent victims here. The children of these illegals are innocent as well. Listen. For the last three months, more than anything that you've ever seen, the illegal alien miners have arrived at our border. These are, in many cases, just wonderful kids. And 
They are coming in at levels that we've never seen, and then they're sent around all over this country. All over the country, they're sent. And right now, I just heard for the first time, who would even think it, but I heard for the first time they're on suicide watch. So many of these young kids, they're on suicide watch. All because of this stupid policy that you've been watching over the last few months. Kids are on suicide watch. Think of that. Marianne, this border situation is tough on the children involved. The left doesn't care about those children either. So for them to even say they care about the dreamers is really a fabrication as well. They actually are concerned, let's be honest, about their own money and their own power. And I want to spell this out every time I talk about this. The left has financial relations with the left in the Mexican cartels, and they all get very, very wealthy off of what is happening to the abuse of the children and the women who are raped and murdered coming over here, used for drug running and all the rest of it, and then spend their lives messed up now thanks to, uh, thanks to what they've done, what the left in this country have done. And that's not even to mention victims like your family. Well, 22,000 children is, is one of the last uh, figures I heard. And now they are patting themselves on the back because they were getting them out of Border Patrol hands and getting them to HHS. But the HHS facilities is where this horrendous abuse is happening, sexual abuse, being fed meat that's undercooked, just terrible things. And so now they're putting pressure on them, having them in those facilities. And so now they're releasing them to... God knows who, because they've stopped the FBI background checks on the people that they're releasing them to. This administration is participating in human smuggling and sex and, and sex trafficking and God knows what else. And the liberal people, the loudmouths who were talking about the small amount of children that President Trump had in those facilities and actually protecting them from these human traffic traffickers and these sex traffickers, where are those liberals speaking up about that? Where is any liberal giving any type of criticism to this administration for how they are treating human beings? Human beings. Human beings. It's, it's, it's unthinkable. It really is. And I just, I, I commend you. I, I don't know where you find your strength. Uh, just love for your son, love for God, love for your country. But I commend you so much for continuing your crusade. All the work you've done does not fall on dry ground. I just know that uh, eventually we're going to see fruit from all of this. Miriam Mendoza, God bless you. Thank you for being with us again. Thank you, Gina. Coming up, we have an update on the very, very sad building collapse in Surfside, Florida, right down the road from us here. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming up right after this. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back. 
As we told you last week, RIV correspondent Ben Burkwam and his wife were in an accident about a week, a week and a half ago. And we just wanted to let you know that Ben's wife, Vili, is expected to make a full recovery and is even going to be coming home. So we're very, very excited for that. Ben is doing well, his children are doing well, everybody is doing very well, and I think this is much earlier than anyone expected. So thank you to our RAVTV uh, audience for your prayers and well wishes. You can go to americasvoicenews.com. There's a donate link on the right side of the screen to help his family with their exorbitant, I couldn't believe he told me the total. I'm not gonna repeat it because I don't know if he meant for it to be private or not, but even with insurance, his medical costs are through the roof, like the cost of a house, very expensive. So please, if you can, even a small amount will help. And uh, if you can't donate, then please do continue to pray. We're definitely thankful that everyone will be okay. And an update also on the just so overwhelmingly sad condominium comp, uh, collapse in South Florida. It's day five of that search and the rescue operation in Surfside, Florida, at the site of the condo building collapse there. Eleven bodies have now been recovered from the rubble of the Champlain Towers condo building, 150 still unaccounted for. People are working in 12-hour shifts and uh, just going the extra mile. Every sort of rescue crew that can be there is there. Now, we know that in South Florida, condos are many times a second home for those who leave the state or even the country when it gets hot in the summertime. So hope is that many of the 150 weren't there. However, deducing from the fact that the number keeps going up that are missing instead of down makes me believe that maybe they have accounted for those they believe were there, and that is not the case, but we can pray otherwise. Pray that those missing are not all dead. Many of us have been there uh, on these scenes many times before. You'll see on the buildings this orange circle and uh, to have been there and seen that many times before is just um, just terrifying. Anyway, now news outlets are reporting that an engineer warned of major structural damage to the building years ago. So we're going to keep you filled in on that news as it develops. As I was watching some of the coverage and the search, I mentioned I saw those spray paint, those orange spray paint. They have a, it's a circle with an, an X kind of in the middle of it on the side of each condo unit. Um, rescue teams spray that big X and put the number of people living there in one part of the X, the number of people who survived, and then the number of people found dead or missing, and um, and uh, you know that that's what it's. The, each of those numbers accounts for people in that condo that they're supposed to find, the number of people that they found dead or missing, um, the number of people that are not still not accounted for, and the number of people they hope to find. And so it is. Um, I just remember those so well from the tornadoes that happened in Birmingham, Alabama, where more than 150 people died uh, the year I land landed on the ground. And I remember seeing those on each house as I surveyed the damage in Alabama after those um, horrible tornadoes back in April 27th of 2011, which happened to be the day that I moved to that state to take a radio talk show job there. Over 175 tornadoes tore across Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee. 348 people died in one night in those combined states. More than 150 in Alabama, and rescuers climbed through the dangerous devastation and downed power lines and the gas lines that were damaged, and they searched home to home and put those X's on what was left in each home. 
it's a memory I've never been able to forget since. And I know that site too, of walls of buildings being torn off and being able to see inside the room the whole furnishing, you know, that they mentioned bunk beds and photographs still on the walls and things. Just It's just, it's crazy memories. The rescuers in Surfside, Florida, I want to mention too, don't forget this, are also risking their lives crawling through this rubble as they search for survivors. No amount of training makes you completely safe in this situation. So while we're praying for those affected in South Side, Florida, South Side, uh, Surfside, Florida, for those lost behind, for the families left behind, and for those injured, let's also remember to pray for those doing the searching and rescuing. All right, moving on. There is no bigger issue than election integrity in this upcoming election. That's why we have our cameras on the Election Integrity Town Hall happening right now in Fulton County, Georgia. We're going to dip in now to watch just a little bit of it. Action, action, action. Everybody has stood up. The, the crowd here tonight is fantastic. We have a window of opportunity to take our country back, to get the truth back, and to get the bottom of this. We have to tell everybody we're not going to stop until we get the truth. Another hero. Stand up, Pam. Let me introduce Pam. Ran for first vice chair. Pam has fought for us. David Bilal is here. David, stand up. Running for Secretary of State. David, thanks for building Alpharetta, this beautiful hotel. And I, I tell you what, David's been with David's been with you on this from the. By the way, David finished second to what's his name? Raffensperger, right? Bet you, I, bet, I bet right now you wish you voted for David Bellar, right? Right? That's what you should have done. But look, this is, this, this is not... So people say it's a journey. No, this is a fight for truth and justice. That's what this is. And it's only you, it's only you that can keep the resolve to keep this going. And when the truth comes out, I gotta tell you, we got a great panel tonight. We're gonna get into, into that. But when the truth comes out, all hell is gonna break loose. The Democrats have spent seven months saying baseless claims, it doesn't matter. Baseless claims. Trump's baseless claims. And if you can, if Judge Amaro gives a declaratory judgment that goes something like this, um, I saw the evidence in the platform that I signed off on, in the analysis that I drove, where I signed everything, and I saw the analysis, and it's in my judgment, there were 25,000 counterfeit ballots. Have a nice day. It's out of his hands. All hell breaks loose when Brandon Beach and Burt Jones demand that Brian Kemp give them a special session. And when they do that and this truth comes out, we are going to get to the D word. And the D word is we're decertifying elections.
That's why we're here. Decertify. Say it. We're going to decertify these fraudulent elections. And they're going to do it. We're going to do it. And you know why we're going to do it? Trump won. That's right. Say it. Trump won. Trump won. You know it. You know he won. You know Purdue won. And you know Trump won. And I tell you what, another hero that I'm going to bring up here, 20-year veteran, Atlanta Fulton County Election Commission. Worked there for, I knew Susie Voiles 25 years ago when I was in Atlanta, right? She had a reputation of impeccable integrity. When you wanted somebody at some meeting to come up and talk about elections, you had one call to make, and that was Susie Voiles. And she knew everything, and she never lied, and everything was up front. And Susie Voiles had the courage, under oath, to give an affidavit to say, look, these ballots were fake. Susie Voiles. By the way, if you're a prospective candidate looking to run for office, stand up, Brandon, Brandon Phillips. Let me introduce Brandon Phillips. Stand up. Come on. Don't be shy. You're a consultant. Don't be shy. All he does is win elections. He was our, first, he was our chairman of the Trump campaign in 2016 in Georgia. And I remember Lewandowski and Michael Glass called me up and they're saying, oh, we can't get anybody in Georgia to work for us. I'm like, what do you mean you can't get it? No, we called all these people. They won't work for us. I'm like, well, let me give you this name of this young fella. Brandon, call him. Here's his number. That, of course, John Fredericks, our own John Fredericks, speaking at the Election Integrity Town Hall, happening right now in Fulton County, Georgia. And as I said earlier, no bigger issue than securing our elections. We'll be dipping in and out of that as the program proceeds. All right, by now, you have no doubt heard the news story about the despicable, and I'm just going to say it like I see it, Olympic athlete. Her name is Gwen Berry. Uh, never heard of her before, and uh, she is working her way into infamy, turning her back on our American flag as the national anthem played. Berry accepted the third-place medal for hammer-throwing, and she's been qualified to be part of the American team at the Olympics, but this isn't the first time she's pulled something like this. Two years uh, ago at the Pan Am Games, Gwen Berry raised her fist in defiance as the anthem played, and she was sanctioned. But she demanded a public apology from the CEO of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, and an apology was given. So the example was set, and now she's free to smear the reputation and the image of the United States of America. She will be hailed by many, undoubtedly, as a hero, someone who's pretty fired up about all this is former NFL player and CEO of the Brewer Group, Jack Brewer. Jack, thank you so much for being with us. Back with you, Gina. Jack, it's, it's hard to put into words um, the level of betrayal I think most of us see when we see someone being this disrespectful. The blood of patriots, uh, the relatives of all of us who have fought in wars, 
for our freedom, um, the sacrifices even just of our founding fathers and the pilgrims and those who came here and imperfect as they were, mistakes that they made, but they came here to try to build something that gives her the very freedom to even be in those Olympics and to even act like an imbecile out there. What should happen to this woman who showed disrespect to our flag and anthem? You know, it's it's sad as an athlete, right? You, I, I think about playing on any team. I don't care if it's a, a little league team, uh, high school, college, pro. Uh, when you put on your team's jersey, you respect your team just as a player, first and foremost. And then when you get the opportunity to imagine how many people, millions of people only dream of wearing that red, white, and blue and representing this great nation uh, in front of the world. For you to disrespect our country on that platform, uh, it's just despicable. I mean, there should be no place for it. Uh, I know on my team that I coach in literally, if I have a kid that disrespects our team uh, in this way, I'd kick them off of my team. So the fact that these uh, athletes who uh, get this amazing platform that this country has given them uh, the opportunity to, to pursue uh, and these dreams that we all have, have worked so hard for and are so proud of, uh, to be disrespected like that uh, on a national stage in front of so many young kids uh, who are watching this garbage uh, and this you know leftist mentality that hates this country, doesn't appreciate uh, all the sacrifices that so many have made before them. And then for her to come out and say that she's standing up against racism, how does standing up against racism have anything uh, to do with the Olympic Games? This is a time uh, where our, our unity should be celebrated, where you know, her as an African-American woman should be celebrating uh, the fact that in this nation we have more successful African-American women than any country in the world. Uh, we have more successful African-American people than any country in the world. Uh, so the list goes on and on on how many things we should be thankful for. Uh, but if you want to sit back and just highlight and focus all of your attention uh, on, the, on the negative things that happen, on the bad things that happen, then you have no business representing this country uh, on the national stage, stage and the international stage in the Olympic Games. But Jack, she wasn't even a first or second place winner. And she would have been a footnote in Olympic history if she hadn't thrown her very public, uh, very indecent fit. So as long as people like her are given this level of attention that I'm giving her right now on this program, um, she and others are going to keep doing this. That's the problem. So while we want to condemn it and we want to condemn her for acting this way and we want to express outrage that will hopefully uh, result in revocation of any medal and, and, and maybe her from future Olympic competitions, um, at the same time, we're giving her an acknowledgement she would never have had if we are not raising this fit. Well, hopefully it's an example because in, in these times, in these trying times when our kids are being indoctrinated in the schools uh, and when, you know, good is being portrayed as evil and evil is being portrayed as good, hopefully people are seeing this and able to sit down with their family and in the, with their children in their communities and show what an example uh, she is of not to become. Uh, and so hopefully we're using this as a way to teach our children, uh, reminding our children and telling them the stories of so many great patriots that have fought for this country. Tell them stories of people like Jesse Owens who broke racial barriers uh, as a grandson of a slave and as a son of a sharecropper who still came out for the United States of America and represented uh, us in front of Hitler 
uh, and stood there in front of our national anthem so proudly. Those are the real patriots that we need to start celebrating. So I think we use these opportunities to teach what not to do. And I think in this society where we want to sugarcoat so many realities, I think it's time for us to take these examples and say, kids, you see this? Don't act this way because this way it, it, it has evil on it uh, and it's not not of righteousness. And so I hope we use it for just that. Well, Jack, you know, I, I just hope that the whole nation can hear the echo of your voice because I think you say it so sensibly and, uh, and, and so sweetly. And I think it's just, it's just the message that needs to be conveyed. Jack Brewer, thank you so much for being with us tonight. God bless you, Dr. Gina. God bless you too, my friend. All right, well, we knew it was coming. The World Health Organization now says it's time to put your masks back on. Even if you've had COVID and even if you've had the jab, the all-knowing WHO says that you need to mask up again. How did we know this was coming? Here to discuss our on-staff molecular biologist here at RAV-TV, Dr. Tom Borelli. Always glad to have you with us. Thanks for being here. Hey, Dr. Gina, great to be with you on a Monday. All right, glad to have you. Now, Tom, this is just the World Health Organization, but I'm sure our own CDC, who loves to follow in lockstep with everything the WHO does, is up next for this, right? Tom, what are the chances that Biden tells everybody put their masks back on because now there's a Delta variant? Well, given what we've seen in the past, I think uh, it's certainly uh, in the realm of possibility, maybe even probability that uh, President Biden will uh, encourage people to wear masks. But going further from that, the bigger concern is if governors start to actually act, because most of the power resides within state or even mayors. So I think that is probably a more likely uh, scenario, but they will take, no doubt, Democrat governors and mayors will take orders from President Biden. And if Biden keeps talking along those lines, if he does, you could expect the CDC to follow as well. So I think we all have to be just aware of uh, what the trend could possibly be. And look, this uh, Delta variant is 60% 60 more transmittable. And it looks like uh, some of those therapies may not work as well against it like the monoclonal antibody that President Trump had and the convalescent therapy. Some studies suggest that the Delta variant of the COVID uh, may uh, beat those uh, therapies. So it is something to be concerned about. Tom, at the Trump rally this weekend, President Trump talked about HCQ. Watch this. They lied about so many things before the election. And it's not only what they said, it's also what they didn't say. Like Hunter, remember where's Hunter? Where's Hunter? The virus came from a Chinese lab. Hydroxychloroquine actually works, remember? Remember? I made a mistake on hydroxy. I should have said, hydroxychloroquine is a disaster. Please do not use it, they would have said. Instead, I said it works. And now reports are coming out that it works. They probably destroyed a lot of lives. I wonder how many people were lost because of the left's battle against hydroxychloroquine just based on the president liking it. Yeah, Dr. Gina, that's a great question. Because as you remember, as soon as President Trump suggested or said that hydroxychloroquine may work, 
against uh, COVID-19 immediately. He was attacked by the medical establishment. He was attacked by the anti-Trump media. And as you well know, you couldn't speak about it on social media. If you did, you got removed. I had done one interview and I put it up on YouTube on hydroxychloroquine and YouTube yanked it off. And I didn't say it worked or didn't work. They said, it looks like it's working based on some studies and more evidence we need, but it didn't matter. Didn't matter how I qualified it. You mentioned the word it got yanked, and that's really unfortunate because that really could have stepped in, uh, in in the space before we had the vaccine. And the latest study that I saw with respect to hydroxychloroquine, it had a, a three-time uh, impact in preventing, uh, I think it was death, so a three-fold increase. So that that's very significant. But again, to your point, it's really uh, it's really horrific that uh, you, you can't talk about science, you can't talk about data. Unfortunately, you can't talk about many things these days with the uh, mob out there, the Democrat mob and the social media silicon giants that are willing just to put their, you know, their boot against all our throats and mouths. Yeah, and you mentioned that, uh, you know, some of the uh, vaccines, so-called vaccines, the jabs, are not effect, not as effective against the Delta variant. And so, uh, you know, the, the World Health Organization wants to reinstitute masks, but we've learned that masks are highly ineffective. Okay. We've learned that masks, in fact, carry more deadly diseases that are, in fact, deadlier than COVID. <laughs> and so uh, when you look at it like that, the fact that they would remandate masks again is, is sort of a terrifying prospect, especially to a molecular biologist. Yeah, yeah, look, this, they have uh, the same dance steps that I don't think they're really going to change. But it's really important to, to, to keep the big picture in mind here. So there was a study in Israel where they said 50% of the new infections were the Delta variant, and those people had been uh, inoculated, had gotten the vaccine. But remember the sequence here. You get the vaccine, but the most important thing is you can get infected but then will there be disease progression? And will that disease progression then take you to the hospital? And then in the hospital, will it take you to the ICU? And then will, you, will a person potentially die? What they're saying is, well, some people got infected, but they do believe that even with the vaccine, it's gonna prevent the illness from progressing. And that's a good thing. I don't know why, <laughs> you know, that simple little linear line I just described, that's the most important. Uh, if you're not uh, vaccinated, you have a greater chance, obviously, of getting the new Delta variant. But if you are vaccinated, even if it is somehow escapes your immune system, your immune system has more time to attack it. So, uh, yeah, going to the mass, as we discussed before, I mean, they work in laboratories. We talked about all those little laboratory studies. It seems to work in laboratories, most of that. But then as soon as you go out in the public and, and it, it just does, it fails the real world test. On, on a state level for sure. So uh, I think sure they should really focus on, on other remedies. Yeah, sure should. All right, thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Tom Borelli. We always learn something when you're here. Thank you. My pleasure. All right, coming up, you will not believe this spin put on the defund police movement by the Biden administration. This is a new low, even for them. They're actually saying it's Republicans who want to defund the police. You won't believe it. We'll show it to you. Don't go away. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. 
With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Dr. Tina Primetime. We're going to head back out to the Election Integrity Town Hall happening right now in Fulton County, Georgia. Georgia State Senator Brandon Beach is talking about the shenanigans that went on in Georgia in the 2020 election. Listen. 27 years. If we don't have a special session and change that agreement that Brad Rosenberger entered into with Stacey Abrams, if you think Fulton County is going to get better between November 3rd and January 5th, you're mistaken. We're going to lose two U.S. citizens. And that's what happened because we didn't have a special session. We should have had a special session. We're going to see if we can improve that sound quality a little bit for you here in the next few moments. That's the Election Integrity Town Hall happening right now in Fulton County, Georgia. And as I said earlier, no bigger issue than securing our elections. All right, this weekend on Fox News Sunday, the so-called journalist Chris Wallace spoke to White House Senior Advisor Cedric Richmond, and he said something very puzzling. Listen. And let's talk about who defunded the police. Uh, when we were in Congress last year trying to pass a rescue plan, I'm sorry, not the rescue plan, but an emergency relief plan for cities that were cash-strapped and laying off police and firefighters. It was the Republicans who objected to it. And in fact, they didn't get funding until the American Rescue Plan, which our plan allowed state and local governments to replenish their police departments and do the other things that are needed. So look, Republicans are very good at staying on talking points of who says defund the police, but the truth is, they defunded the police. We funded crime intervention and a whole bunch of other things. Who knew? It's actually the Republicans who wanted to defund the police. Yes, I remember those Patriot events with Trump leading the chant, defund the police, defund the... Don't you remember all of that, everyone here? Yes, we remember. Here with Reaction is RAV correspondent Drew Hernandez. Drew, here we go. This is an all-new low for Democrats to try to spin this one. Gina, listen, I've covered Antifa and Black Lives Matter extensively. Mm -hmm undercover and I can tell you this the kids listening to that in Black Lives Matter their heads are exploding right now because they take <laughs> credit for defunding the police okay Antifa and these big blue cities and regions these kids that is like their crown jewel okay of getting this done in the United States of America there's a reason why Portland's homicide rate is over 800 percent there's a reason why the homicide rate in Chicago the homicide rate in Minneapolis is skyrocketing what do they all have in common, Dr. Gina? Are, are, are those red regions? No, I think not. Those are big blue regions, and we all know who's gotten behind the communists, uh, and it's the Democrat Party. They've sold their soul to the cultural Marxists, uh, and they're the ones who are backing the defund the police agenda. Listen, th this guy's either, he's gaslighting, okay? He's either gaslighting or he's just plain stupid, uh, or he's intentionally doing this on purpose uh, because he just wants people to get a reaction out of him because, you know, nobody knows who he is, just like that uh, so-called Olympian uh, that's, you know, <laughs> claiming to be oppressed on the Olympic stage when, I mean, really think about it, Dr. Gina, it's, we, we, we have, we have uh, black athletes, right, that are obviously Marxists, uh, they're communists, they're standing on Olympic stages now, 
and they're claiming to be oppressed uh, by the American people and the, and, and the United States of America. If that were true, how are you even on this stage? Okay, at this point, this is all just a giant grift, Dr. Gina. I can't even take it serious at this point. It's a giant grift, I, I'm with and you. people know they can do this to get their name known in the media. All right, Drew, well, listen, the show is almost over, so that means it's time for our meme of the day, and I'm glad you're here for it. Now, this meme was posted by a billionaire, Elon Musk, who owns SpaceX and Tesla, as you know, and he called this meme the strongest arguments, uh, argument against the existence of aliens. You see a graph on the left that shows the exponential increase in camera resolution over the years, and the graph on the right shows the resolution of pictures taken of UFOs has stayed flat ever since cameras were invented. Uh, that is interesting. Pictures of USO, UFOs drew in so-called alien spacecraft are as grainy today as they were 50 years ago. So does he have a point here? I mean, all I know is that the most recent report, actually the UFO community, they're calling them UAPs now, are, are up in arms because this, uh, this official government report actually came out stating that the United States government still doesn't have sufficient evidence to truly identify what these things are that yeah. they're seeing. Well, they're going to have to they're going to have to take better pictures, Drew. Thank you so much for being here and thanks to all of you for being here with us at Real America's Voice. Tomorrow night, we have Seth Dillon from the Babylon Beast. You won't want to miss it. Live from Studio 6B up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Good night everybody.